go ahead and turn to Ezekiel, Ezekiel uh, chapter 33. Ezekiel 33 is where we're going to be tonight. Uh, we, we've been spending a lot of time in the book of Genesis. Uh, the first verse on the screen is going to be in Genesis chapter 50, uh, but we're going to spend our time in Ezekiel. Uh, the, the stuff that we've seen from Genesis um, was all the life of Joseph, right? It was towards the end of the book of Genesis, and it was uh, just the awesome up and down and crazy life of Joseph, and we saw his integrity throughout all the crazy things he went through. Uh, can you put that verse up there? There it is, that passage. We're going to start here. Genesis 50, this is after Joseph gets back, you know, his brothers come to where he's at in, in, or in Egypt. He feeds them, they bring his dad, you know, and, and eventually his father passes away in Egypt with him, right? His, his dad says, I'm happy now, I'm at peace, I can die, a happy man, my son is still alive. All those, those things that we know, we know this story, all right, in the uh, Chapter 50, verse 18, it says, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, this is Joseph, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph's entire life purpose was to save much people alive. What an, what an awesome life purpose to lead other people to salvation, right? Now, this was a physical salvation. They were starving. They needed him to feed them corn. He had the corn, right? It, was, it, it put Strasbourg's corn fest to shame, right? This was, a, <laughs> this was the, the seven years of plenty corn fest, right? It was ridiculous. His purpose was to save people. Everything he went through was to prepare him to be able to be in the position for people to look to him for salvation. And that's exactly what our lives are all about too. That's exactly why you go through the things that you go through. That's exactly why we experience the things that we experience. So that we can save much people alive. So that we can be the ones who can point them to the solution that they need. And that's what we're going to see in Ezekiel chapter 33 tonight. We're going to start off in verse 7. We'll read with me, and, and then we'll, we'll pray real quick. Verse 7 through 9 says, So thou, O son of man, this is God talking to Ezekiel, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. We have a job to do. We have a warning to sound. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, uh, I'm so thankful for this passage. This is uh, just one of those passages that, that calls us to the carpet and says, I've given you a job to do, and you are accountable. And, and Lord, we want to recognize that tonight. And we need your boldness. We need your wisdom. We need open doors. And I just pray, Lord, that you would change our hearts 
you would embolden us and strengthen us in your word tonight. Uh, we love you, and this is all for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so by th- when, when we finish this, this is going to be a shorter night if I do what I'm hoping to do, talk fast. Yeah, I'm already ruining that. But I want to I take some time. We're not going to sing another song. We're going to split up in groups afterwards. afterwards. We're going to have a little discussion time and just talk about some of the things that, that we get into. So if I can move through this, I'm going to try to move fast. Um, we'll, we'll be able to do that, and then it'll be a good time. Uh, the first thing that we see is, is the watchman, right? And, and Ezekiel is the watchman that we see. And over 90 times, God calls him son of man. He doesn't, he doesn't say, hey, Zeke, I got a word for you, bro. <laughs> I, got, I got a word for you, son. No, he says, son of man, tell Israel this. Son of man, tell Israel that. Son of man, it's always son of man, right? Like 90 times. Ezekiel, the name means the strength of God, all right? It's not that Ezekiel had the strength of God. It's a name that pointed to the strength of God. Like our name points to Christ. We're Christians, little Christ, right? Our name, our title points to God. Ezekiel's name, Ezekiel's name was the same way. It means the strength of God. This, this title, Son of Man, we see it all over the place in the Old Testament. Most of the places we see is, is referring to Ezekiel, but the other places we see, one of them is Psalm 144, uh, verse 3. It says, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? Or the Son of Man that thou makest account of him? This title, Son of Man, it's just a regular old nobody, right? What is man that you, that you even pay attention to us, God? Or, or the son of man, his offspring, that you would take account, that you would care uh, of our existence, right? So we're nothing. Ezekiel is called the son of man as a distinction of humility. He's just some guy. God doesn't call him by name. He says, hey, human, <laughs> right? Hey, son of a human. <laughs> hey, guy. I forgot your name. What's your name, son of man? Listen up. Right? Obviously, God didn't forget his name. Christ is referred to as the son of man all through the Gospels, like 84 times. It's a capital S because he's the king of kings and lord of lords, but it's also a distinction that connects him with humility. He's not just the son of God 100%. He's a son of man. He was human. He humbled himself to become like us, sons and daughters of man. Us nobodies. Check this out. This verse in, in Psalm 113, this, this blows me away. The Lord, in verse 4, says, The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Do you know what it takes for God to look at us? Humility. Because he's so high. And he's exalted. And he's so much better and so much more perfect than we'll ever understand. It says he humbles himself to look and see how we're doing. So if, if it takes humility to look at us, what do you think it took to become one of us? 
Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which also which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. For Christ to make the claim, I am equal with God, was not for him to steal anything. That title belongs. That's exactly who he is, right? He is equal with God. He was equal with God, but he took a step aside and humbled himself. And it says, he made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant and, and was made in the likeness of men. He became the son of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So not only did, did he have humility to look upon us, it, it took a whole lot more, maybe, to become one of us. And not only did he become one of us, he died as one of us. And not only did he just die, he died the humiliating, abusive, mutilating death of a criminal. He humbled himself again and again and again, and he lowered himself low enough to be able to get under us and lift us up. You see, on your, your sheet there, what God's trying to get us to see who this watchman is and his purpose and his name, God uses humility to deliver the lost. He, he did it through Christ. He's going to do it through Ezekiel. Right? Oh, son of man, I've got a message for my people and you need to deliver that message. God uses humility to deliver the lost. So, a watchman. The second point is, is the work. What, what does a watchman do? He watches, man. That's what he does. We see that if you look, if you're in Ezekiel chapter 33, jump back to verse 1, he, he tells us exactly what a watchman does here. We see it in the context. The, the first part of that chapter, it says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, Speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts, and set him for their watchman, if he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet, and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and, trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood be, shall be upon his own head. It's your fault you didn't heed the warning, right? He heard the sound of the trumpet, trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. That's what we want. Verse 6, it says, But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. He's got a job to do, and he didn't do it. Whose fault is it if, if the enemy gets there and, and they can't do anything? Notice the, the watchman says he's out on the coast. He's got a vantage point that, that nobody else has. He knows what's coming. He understands more than the other people. So he can say, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's coming. We have that vantage point, don't we? Second Samuel chapter 18 
Uh, verse 24 says, And David sat between two gates, and the watchman went up over the roof, or up to the roof, over the gate, unto the wall, and lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, a man running alone. And, and the watchman cried and told the king, and, and he, just, he tells the king what he sees, and then he sees another person. He's got a vantage point that nobody else has. He's at an advantage. He knows more. He knows who's coming. Do you know who's coming? The king's coming. Right? The enemy's coming as well. And we know it. There's a lot of people that don't know it. If we look in Ezekiel 33 again, verse 7 says, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Okay, he's, he's watching specifically for the house of Israel. This is obviously a Jewish context. But it certainly applies to us as well. He says, Therefore sh- thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. So what is the watchman's job? Receive the word, sound the warning. That's what our job is, right? That's what we're doing tonight. We're, we're understanding what, what God has given us in his word, and it's a responsibility to sound the warning. Receive the word, sound the warning. That's the watchman's job. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. 2 Timothy 4, 5, But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions, like Joseph. Did, did Joseph endure afflictions? His whole life. Do the work of an evangelist. What is the work of an evangelist? It's to share the gospel. It's to sound the warning. Watch in all things. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, we sound the warning, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Back in Ezekiel, Verse, or chapter 33, verses 8 and 9, it says, When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Right? He's still responsible for his own sins. God's not saying he didn't sin. He, he was a sinner, and he will answer for his sin. But you didn't help him out. You didn't tell him that was coming. We didn't warn him. That's what he's saying. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. It's still his fault. But thou hast delivered thy soul. On your sheet, obviously, you know, God's not saying you're going to lose your salvation if you don't share the gospel. It's not what he's saying. At the judgment seat of Christ, there will be a reckoning. There will be an account taken. And he says, his blood will I require. There, there is, we've been given a requirement. And we will be held accountable. Get it on your sheet that way. We have been given a requirement. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to be at the judgment seat 
of Christ and have the Spirit of God giving account and, and you know, God or Christ saying, you know, what did you do with the Spirit of God that I provided you? What did you do with, with my word when I gave it to you? Very clearly, you knew exactly what was expected. What did you do? And what's that on your hands? I put that guy in your life for a reason. And you never said anything. Were you scared? We're required. And it's not just our privilege to know that, that we're better off. It's not just the, that we, you know, we're saved now, we can relax. I, I got my ticket to heaven, it's all good. We're here on this earth to be watchmen. We're here on this earth to sound the warning. We're here to lead others to Christ. Time is running out. So what is, what is the warning? That's our, our third point. What are we watching for? The first thing under that, the, the warning, the Lord is returning. Psalm 130 verse 6 says, My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Matthew 25, 13, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. He's coming back. But he's not going to come back humbly and submissive. He's coming back with a sword. He's not just a lamb anymore. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming in vengeance. And people are going to miss out. And they're going to suffer his wrath. What's, what is the other part of the warning? Turn on your sheet. Turn to the Lord from your sins. If we look back in Ezekiel 33, down in verse 11, it says, Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Colossians 1, verses 20 and 21 says, Having made peace through the blood of his cross. So how do we turn through the blood of his cross, that's how. By him to reconcile all things unto himself, to bring things back to him. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Right? In Ezekiel, the message is to the wicked. Well, that was us not too long ago. That, that was me before I knew who Christ was and before I knew what he did on the cross to pay for my sins, before I accepted him as my Savior. I was that wicked person. And he reconciled me. He, he brought me back. He turned me away from my sins. I turned and I followed him. Romans 5.10 5, says, For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Right? He, he went to the grave for my sins. He rose victorious over sin and death so that he could take me with him the rest of the way. He's coming back. Ephesians 2.16, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemies, enmity thereby. 
So the warning on your sheet is, is the world is moving against God and someone must tell them to turn before it's too late. The world is moving against God. I was talking to my wife this week and the more I study and the more time I spend with the Lord and, and, and just learning, I, I'm convinced, you know, before when, when I was young, I used to think that, you know, God just made all these rules and he's going to hold you to these rules and he says, you've got a free choice, but if you don't make the right choice, I'm going to vanquish you later. So you don't have a choice. Do you have a choice or you don't have a choice? Well, you have a choice now, but later if you didn't make the right choice, he's going to punish you. No, God is on the move and he's moving in the direction of righteousness. And we as human beings are moving against him. And he's trying to desperately get our attention through circumstances, through our friends, through, through life, that his son has made a way for us to follow him. He's not looking to destroy us. He wants us to follow. And we have a choice. That is what is going to happen. That is the direction God is going. This has been set in motion since before we existed. And we have a chance. We have an opportunity to join him. We have an opportunity to sound the warning and bring our friends with us. He's not looking to punish anyone. He takes no joy in destroying the wicked, he says. I'm trying to let you know you have a chance. You have a choice. My son made a way for you. My son gave us all an opportunity. His son gave us all an opportunity. So I'm going to wrap up here real quick. We started by talking about Joseph, and, and his entire purpose was to lead the world to salvation. Everything we go through is for that same purpose. And time is running out. The older I get, the faster time goes. And you'll believe me, because I don't have any reason to lie to you, but you don't know what I'm talking about yet. It's different than when you were a kid. It's moving faster than when you were a kid. But I'm telling you, until you get into a few more responsibilities and a few more burdens of life and, and marriage and kids and all of the things that come with it, and, and those things are awesome, you're, one of these days you're going to say, holy cow, that's what he meant. I can't keep up. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. It's flying by. Time is running out just for me on this earth. I don't realize how fast it's going. Steve's a couple of years ahead of me. He understands better than I do. When I get a couple of years, Mark's like 50. He understands better than, <laughs> than all of us. I'm just teasing Mark. We love you, Mark. Romans 13, 11 through 14. And that, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. It's time to wake up. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Quit messing around with what this world wants to distract you with and get to work. God has given us the warning. He's given us the information. We know he's coming back. We know time's running out. And nobody's screaming from the top of the tower saying, Hey, the Lord's coming back. He's coming. You need to turn around. You're going the wrong direction, man. I love you and you need to come with me. That's our job. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It is my responsibility to sound the warning. It is my job to wit that Christ was, or God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He's not holding me accountable for my sins any longer. I don't want him to hold my friends accountable for theirs either. It's their choice. But it's my job to tell them that they have a choice. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I've got all the information I need. Yeah, but I don't know all the verses. Well, guess what? God's the one with the power. Remember Ezekiel's name? The power of God. It's not your power. It's not your intellect. It's not your abilities. You're perfectly set up to approach it humbly if you just know, you know just enough. He, he uses the humble to deliver the lost. He's got a message to us for everybody else. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we can break up in groups. Do like four, four or five people. Uh, you can move your chairs, get comfortable. Um, I will probably say something uh, at about a quarter after when it's time to go get kids and stuff. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the warning. Thank you for, for knowing that, that we just don't understand how this thing works and that you're moving forward and, and you don't want us to be left behind. I'm so thankful that you saved me. I'm so thankful that Christ gave all in the ultimate show of humility so that I could be a part of this. I love you. I pray that you're glorified tonight. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.